Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we have a little bit of a different episode for you uh, with our special guest Jesse Rowe. Yeah, it's uh, you know once once you get into it, it, it it's like becomes hyper personal like right out of the gate. So normally it's business business. This is like personal. Yeah, and and honestly, I mean it still fits right. Jesse's an entrepreneur. She's yep. um, you know working to get through her mess to make sure it's her message as she helps people in this space and, and she's doing so much good. And, uh, you know, I, I know you and I were pretty inspired by the conversation that we're going to try to see if we can't do some work with her in the future. So, uh, definitely everyone, uh, definitely don't want to miss this. No, you do not stay tuned and, uh, just be ready. And let's get to it. Have you ever wondered how highly successful entrepreneurs think? So did we. So we asked hundreds of entrepreneurs a very simple question. If they had perfect hindsight, what advice would they give themselves? I am Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool. Join us on our journey implementing and sharing all of our learnings while we hack our hindsight along with our guest hindsight to give us all better foresight. Listen along the way as we find and unlock their secrets that made them successful through hidden traffic, joint ventures, and much, much more. This is Hindsight Hack. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Hindsight Hacking. And today, our special guest is Miss Jessica Rowe, or Jessie. Now, she is the co-founder of Mentally Charged, and after 20 years in the real estate and property management industry, she discovered through her own mental illness, the stigma was real. She, she was being continually overlooked because of her own fight with mental illness and discovered that uh, she needed to be the face and voice. So Jesse has published books. She's a mindset coach, a founder of a nonprofit called Project Resiliency, so much stuff, a ranked podcaster, mentally recovering, and continues to teach real estate. I'm not sure how that all fits in with the mental illness, but we're going to get into it today. Jesse, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, you guys. I'm so excited to be here. That was a mouthful. I'm sorry about that. No, it's great. <laughs> I love it. There's so much good stuff. I, wanted, I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> No, we're excited to have you. Like I, I know you through, you know, uh, coaching through the podcast thing, but now I've just seen you just blow up and blossom into being on other people's shows, being on other people's summits. It seems like you're all over the place, Thank but you. for people that don't know who you are, can you give them a, like a brief backstory? Yeah. So, um, you know, my backstory is kind of a dark one. I used to do, um, like retail office space property management. And one year I was doing it for a nonprofit. And I will tell you, the hindsight was that three months into the job, I knew it was not going anywhere, but I didn't want to be a job hopper. So I stuck it out and 15 months later was wrongfully terminated. Um, instead of grieving that as a single mom, I jumped into the first property management job I could find. And what I didn't realize was mentally, my mental health was off. I even had a medication that was off. And at the same time, I was going sober. I'm one of those baptized by fires. If you're going to do it, I'll just do it. And, um, there was one night I was very isolated from my sobriety. You lose a lot of friends in the beginning. 
and I had a really bad day at work and I kind of got my hand slapped by my boss and it scared me that I was going to get fired again. I'd never been fired before that job. I'd always been a high achieving employee and I was scared. And so that night I went home and I had managed to work my brain up to the point that I thought, um, my family, my children, my friends would be better without the burden of Jesse. And so I drove my car into the garage. I shut the garage door and I was prepared to die. I left the car on. And um, I, how, I, how I got saved was uh, amazing. Uh, a guy, a friend of mine who had been blowing up my phone all day and I hadn't responded, um, was a resident at UNMC here in Nebraska. And I finally texted him and said, listen, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Goodbye. And I threw the phone. Well, I knew he knew where I lived, but I didn't know he knew my street address. And being a doctor, he called 911. He recognized the warning signs and my door got kicked in. Um, my door got kicked in 30 seconds after I had a little talk with my God and my universe saying, I'm coming up there. I'll do your work up there. I'm not meant to do it down here. And I had to go through four days of hospitalization. And then they did something really amazing. They put me in partial hospitalization, which is a great transition from being in an inpatient facility to an outpatient facility. So not just throwing you back into the world. And I met a great therapist there and I was in there for three and a half weeks. And when I got out, I called my job two days before I had to let them know I was coming back. And I said, I am not trying to leave you guys in a lurch. I love you guys. I said, I can't come back. Like this is toxic to me. I'm, I will die if I come back. And because I knew it and they were so gracious. They were so helpful. And I had a little bit of savings and I had my real estate license for property management. So I thought, what the heck, I'll join a real estate team. And then I joined a group called Polka Dot Powerhouse and I connected with all these amazing women and they heard my story and they said, uh, no, 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 real estate's not, no, your story is what needs to get out. And so that's how the gradual um, coming into my own, becoming my authentic self. You don't have to have a mohawk, by the way, to do that. Um, but I that's, told you, Corey, I, I, I didn't went down that. I went down that road. Um, but that's how I became my authentic self and started to do these different things to let people know that they are not alone. I don't ever want. If I can keep one person from feeling the way I did that night, I feel like I've done my job. I've served my purpose. So that's that's kind of how it started. Man, Jesse, you you just jump right into the hard stuff, huh? Jeez. I know. Uh, I don't know where to go from there. So, um, well, tell us. You know, something I didn't mention on your your uh, your bio that we that I when I did the intro was the family, right? So you've got a couple of of amazing kids, and just walk us through, like, as you went through that, like, how did it? effect or how has it come, you know, through, uh, with the rest of your family? You know, um, at first it was the deep, dark secret. My kids are still too young to know what I did. They, I have twins, they're eight and a half. Um, my son has mental illness and has talked about dying before has had to have child partial hospitalization. 
And I've never told him that I've attempted that, but I have explained to him because what scared me the most was his comment was, I don't want, I want to die because I want you and daddy to not have to worry about me and have a good life. And that scared me because I was like, that's the same reason I went down that road. So I explained to him how that would not be a good life for me. Um, what I have realized is sobriety is fun. Um, there are friends in sobriety. I have realized that my world, which is my children, need me. And if I don't show up that day, they're missing out on what I have to offer. And back then I didn't realize what I had to offer these kids. And now I realize it's love, it's understanding, it's it's all these incredible things. And, and showing them, which I didn't show them before, how to be authentically awesome. Like my daughter, I, I'll ask her, I've, I've trained her so well. I've asked her, I'm like, does my hair look okay today? She's like, yeah, but why do you care? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, who cares what people think? It looks awesome. I'm like, that's from an eight and a half year old? Yep. Wow, she is way more advanced than I am. So um, coming with the kids, I mean, to be honest with you, it's no longer just about my mental health. It's about, it's about advocating for Landon. And it's also about advocating for Layla and helping her understand what her mom and her brother go through. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, my ex-husband is fabulous, but he doesn't understand that side because he doesn't live it. So I believe that, you know, whether it's God or the universe, they said they put me here because they knew I would be a good advocate for Landon. And if I would have not have been there that day, and if I would have followed through what I was planning on following through with, Landon would be even more lost than he is now. Yep. So it's no longer an option. And yeah. it didn't help that my psychiatrist gave me a staggering, mind-blowing statistic that if you commit suicide, your child now has an 80% chance of doing the same thing. Yeah, I was, I was actually about to say that because a, a friend of mine uh, in high school, his dad committed suicide right in front of him. Right oh, my gosh. And uh, so obviously that was horrifying. Uh, and then literally like he grew up and what did he do? Mm-hmm. Well, he because they say if my parent can do out. it. Yeah. That's the out. That's what he was taught. Right. So yeah. I think, I think you were put on the planet and your super voice and your superpower is, <laughs> is that voice and that, you know, either empathy and or advocation for people mm-hmm. to help them. I maybe just made up a word right there. So that's pretty exciting, uh, but, you know, but uh <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think you, you've come into your superpower and have been able to not only embrace that, but you're, you're teaching that you're showing a great example of that. And then you're being, you know, unapologetic and fearless about going on all these, you know, summits and stuff and just talking about things and being open. And I think that's huge. Thank you. Yeah, it. Well, I won't lie. It was the big dark family secret. And when I first came out on Facebook with the page that I initially started, which was called How My Story Almost Ended, I think my parents were in shock. 
-hmm. Like, why? Why would you put that out there? And it's like, why wouldn't you? There's so many people that think they're so alone in the world and nobody knows what they're going through. I mean, why wouldn't you? So I, I, I hold a high ethical standard and a moral compass and I just feel like keeping it a secret is being unethical and not morally correct because it's not a secret. It's, it's an illness and there is help. There is hope. I mean, that's the biggest thing is there is hope. Yeah. For for everyone. And during during COVID, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's what well, it's just isolation. So like my mom lost her uh husband right before all this happened. And then she's went into lockdown. Right. And so now she's, you know, it's just a bad situation. Mm-hmm. So just t- tell us, um, you know, you've started your own business. You've, you've got your podcast, getting your voice out there. Um, walk us through kind of the, the last 12 months or how long, how, I don't know, I'm sure how long your business has been going, but walk us through that kind of last year that, that you've been running with this. Well, Project Resiliency started in September of 2018 and I had a partner and we parted ways. And what was very interesting is last October, a guy came across Project Resiliency's page and he called me and said, I love what you're doing. Can I be a part of it? And I'm like, I'm making no money right now. He goes, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> he has become a dear friend of mine. His name's Shane Phillips. He's become a dear friend of mine and he's done some amazing things, which has allowed Project Resiliency to go from a thousand followers to almost 5,000 followers. Wow. Um, So working on that and just getting the word out. And then um, thanks to Ron, I got a ranked podcast. Podcast was always a thought to me. I just never thought it was obtainable Um, and it's totally obtainable. And so I have just been bringing people, I call them people that are my tribe, people that are like me that are like, I've struggled, but here's how I've overcome. And so I've done the podcast and now the podcast is sponsoring a conference called mentally charged, which is a virtual conference, seven days, over 20 speakers and two live panels. Um, and that's coming in October. And we just, I figured the world needs this more than anything right now. And then on top of that, you, you had a very valid question. How in the heck does real estate fit in all this? Um, I, I, I am the director of my real estate team. And so my, my words for project resiliency, for recovering mentally, um, for mentally charged is we are here to educate, advocate, and prevent. And I use that same mantra with my people in real estate. You need to educate your clients, you need to advocate for your clients, and you need to prevent them from going rogue and making a decision that could come back on them pretty hard later. So I I really focus on those three words in everything I do to tie it all together. Ron, you're you're muted or something. Why? Why is it <laughs> <do> that? 
<laughs> Edit number one. <laughs> uh, on a side note, when stuff like that happened, like I used to freak out and go, "Oh my god, start all over!" Right? Mm-hmm. Like but now I've I've learned <laughs> it's awesome, so it's all good. <laughs> it's harder on the video piece because you got to make it flow, and you're not like, uh, I remember, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, anywho. Um, you know, I, I love everything that you were just talking about. I definitely want to get into, you know, the summit that's coming up for sure. But, uh, you know, how, how are people, you know, you mentioned earlier, your family was like, Hey, what are you doing? Why is that out there? And, you know, I think you've, you've taken away the power of the darkness by just putting, shining light on it. Right. But Mm -hmm. how are they now with everything else that's taking off for you? How are they now with that? Um, it's interesting because I have bipolar and anxiety disorder and I treat that through medication and therapy, which keeps me pretty level. And I got accused of being manic one day and I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Trust me. I tell you if I was, I am not. Um, they are very supportive. Uh, I have a I have some family members that are really listening and and trying to understand. And then I have some other family members that are still like, we don't need to talk about this. And that's okay with me. But it doesn't mean I love them less. But I will tell you, I spend my energy with the family that is like, tell me more. Or I want to learn. I want to understand what this looks like. Um, so it's really great. And on top of that, one piece of advice that I give everyone that has any kind of, even if it's situational mental health issues like COVID, um, have a circle of three. Mine is expand to like seven or eight, but have three core people that you can call or go see when you're in a crisis, when the world just feels like it is caving in on you have this circle of three. And what's very interesting is I found out really quick who my people were and who my people, who weren't my people. Um, And that's important even in just life, whether you're struggling with something or not, you know, I, I always say the older you get, the smaller your friendship circle gets. And then you have a suicide attempt, smaller. You go sober, smaller. But it's creating space for the right people to come in. So the right family has come in, the right friends have come into that space. And those who aren't supportive, I love them dearly, but I just, I keep that as a boundary, Mm -hmm. I guess would be the best way to put it. Oh, I love that because, I mean, my wife and I, gosh, it's like 10 years ago, we, we did the, the whole like, hey, are these friends of ours, are they making us better people? Or are they holding us back? And and we were very intentional about the the changes in how we approached friendships and and who was around us. And I mean, we've got a group of like 20 friends that we've been friends with for literally 20 years. Like it's a very, it's a much bigger group than most. But Jackie and I, we don't necessarily hang out with them as often as they may hang out with each other because we want to make sure that everyone around us is making us better. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of great people, but like we wanted to make room, like you said, for, for some others that, that might, might actually 
um, you know, change the way we view things or in a positive manner or change, you know, certain outcomes. So I love that. Um, all right. So I want to really dig into what you're working on now. But before that, uh, before we move on, I, I get to ask our favorite, my favorite question, and that's regarding hindsight. Now, you, you obviously told us the story and, and walked us through a little bit of the challenges that you face. But in hindsight, if we all know hindsight's 2020, so if you could actually go back in time and give a younger Jesse a little bit of advice, what advice would you give and how far back would, it, would you have gone? I would go back to senior in high school, Jesse, and I would tell her, one, it's okay to be weird. It's good to be weird. It's good to be different. I would tell her that. I would also tell her, it's okay if you don't go off to a university right away. I, I tried it. It didn't work for me. Um, I would tell her, follow your own path and stop caring what everybody else thinks. It's what you think. Because I spent well, gosh, I'm 41 now and I'm going back to 18 year old Jesse. So I spent a very, very long time caring so much what people thought that it took me later in life to start enjoying life because I'm now myself. So I would say in hindsight, it's good to be weird. It's good to march to the beat of your own drum and, and don't care what other people think because at the end of the day, if you are happy, if you feel confident in yourself, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Uh, I, I love that. You know, I think so many people are caught up on trying to be what other people want them to be. They forget to be themselves and then they get lost on who they even are. Um, so I love you brought that up. But like Corey alluded to, like, I definitely want to get into what is Jesse working on now? And what are you <laughs> going to be doing? And I want to hear more about the summit. So like loop us in. Okay. So the summit is um, mentally charged. It's amazing. You guys, there is all walks of life in it. All literally. We, I partnered with a woman who is fabulous, Liza Lomax and um, we wanted it to be as diverse as possible. It wasn't just about women. It's about men. It's not just about one culture or color of person. It's about everybody. It's not just about, um, if you're straight, if, if you believe, if you're gay, if you're whatever. And so we went out and what we're doing is we have each day. So it's October 19th through October 25th. Each day leading up to October 23rd, there is a keynote speaker and then three other speakers after that. We are covering topics from um, good body, good physical health leads to good mental health and vice versa. We're talking about mental heredity, for instance, how um, mental health is, is heredity. I mean, it, it's genetic um, and, and how to raise a child that may have it. Um, we are talking about empowering ourselves and being unapologetic for it. We are even having an LBGTQ uh, panel. That will be one of the live events on Saturday. And we wanted to do this because people that 
aren't owning their authentic selves need a safe space to learn that. But on top of that, so many people this year came out finally and pride was canceled because of COVID. So we wanted to give them a special space to share in their joy of becoming their authentic selves. Yeah. Um, mentally charged literally is for everyone. We have somebody coming in that is talking about the aspect of mental health for teenagers. I mean, unfortunately, suicide is an epidemic, uh, especially in the ages of nine to 15, nine. That, I mean, I, that blows my mind. Um, you add situations like we are in this world right now and it makes it even more prominent. Um, there's so, there's so much information. There's so many people. We have some, a couple men coming on just to talk about how men suffer in silence. They were taught to be, you know, strong and don't cry and no, it's, it's okay. Don't go to therapy. We have somebody coming on that's talking about matching yourself to the right therapist because too many people will go to therapy and be like, okay, that was a waste of time. But it wasn't the therapy. It was the therapist. You have to find the person that's right for you. And it took me a couple of years to find the right therapist that meshes well with me. So it literally covers the gamut so that when we're done at, on the 25th, we're no longer going to call it mental health. We will be calling it mental wellness because mental health is what has the stigma. But if you use the word wellness, all of a sudden people are like, yeah, I want to be well. I want to be well too. All right. Well, you got mental health, but right. it's wellness. It's just about being feeling yourself up with the proper coping skills for your mind, body, and soul. Some awesome. So you, one more piece. You said educate. What were the three things? It was educate. Educate, advocate, and prevent. Ed educate, advocate, and prevent. Uh, I, like, love that. All right. So through this mental health conference that everyone will come out of it with a mental wellness aspect, like, What's your role in it? Uh, is it just putting it together? Are you try Are you speaking at some of it? Are you um, believe it or not? I am a keynote speaker. Um, I'm going to be talking about mental heredity, um, and I'm also on the LBGTQ panel because this year I came out as pansexual to my family. Uh, I believe in hearts, not parts. So um, I'm very attracted I'm to out. people's personality. What is what is what is you said pansexual? Yes. So, so I've never heard that. What is that? Yeah, so that that means I love personalities. So you could be male, female, transgender. If if it doesn't matter to me, got it. Okay, it's the person. Okay. Um, and so in a way, the LBGTQ panel is, and now on your podcast, is me coming out as this person as well, and stop being so afraid of just being me. Right. Um, which is which is a huge moment um, because that is going to be live. So there is no hiding from that one. <laughs> I can't shut my screen off and not show my face or right. anything like that. I am there. So yeah, uh, for me, and to be honest with you, some of the speeches are things that, and some of the talks are things that I need to hear. So 
um, because mental wellness is a process. You're, you're always having to learn how to cope and what your triggers are. And we all have triggers. Um, and so I am continually learning and growing in that aspect. And I know that I will be tuning into quite a few of them just to understand, oh yeah, I'm not doing, I should be doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I, I love it. I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, we use our platform to be selfish as well. Like we, we invite people that we want to learn from, like, mm-hmm. come on my show. Like, cause I, I want to learn stuff. <laughs> I right? want to learn. <laughs> I'm the same way. When I invite people to the podcast, I'm like, you are fascinating. Can yes. you come on so I can hear more? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, I have loved our time together. I'm so excited that we got to do this and kind of connect differently than we have before. Yeah. But I know someone out there like heard your message and is like, I, I want to connect more. I want to know more about Jesse. Where can people find you? You know, people can find me on Facebook at Project Resiliency. They can also find me at Recovering Mentally Crew on Facebook. And then if they're interested in the conference, they can go to www.mentallycharged.net. And we're offering a huge special right now um, that your costs includes a mentally charged journal so you can take notes from what you've, your takeaways are, but it also includes a 45-minute mindset coaching uh, with me. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So educate, advocate, advocate. and prevent. Got it. I love that. And, and honestly, like I have a tattoo on my back that is, uh, it literally says genuine, right? Like I love people that are genuine. And, uh, so when you're advocating for people to be who they should be, like, I love that to me, that's all part of it. So, uh, Jesse, thank you so much for sharing your thank story. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I love being on. I love seeing your faces. <laughs> all right, everyone. That concludes this episode with Jesse Rowe. And I love the fact that she is not shy of her tough story. Well, literally like right out the gate, we were, we were in deep. Oh yeah. Like it was, it was crazy. I think that was the deepest show we've had. Yes. I mean, I know we, we talk a lot about business and, and the beauty of this entrepreneurial world is you find a business of, of something that fits, right? Like your mess becomes your message. Your, your passion can become your profit. And, you know, because of her situation, she is now running a business that started from her mess, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, what were the three things she loved to live by? Oh, absolutely. This one hit home for me. So educate, advocate, and prevent, right? And we can you can use that in anything. Literally any business you're on, you want to educate your client. And then if you have if you're doing services for them or or, or anybody else, you gotta advocate for them to, to make sure that they get things done and do things the right way and they're successful. Uh, and then, you know, you got to look out and prevent, right? You got to prevent them from jumping in front of the car or the bus when they shouldn't or don't need to, right? Like, it's just, that one hit home for me. I, I love that. I'm going to steal that, Jesse. Sorry. <laughs> no, you know, and, and, 
and kind of true to the show and uh, a couple takeaways from that message because I think it's important. So one, be your authentic self, you know, uh, especially if your parents like really teach that to your kids and get them to understand it's okay to be them because, you know, that those high school years, it's just vicious and, and people don't realize that it's such a short period of time that, that it's going to be completely irrelevant when you get older. Uh, and then the other piece, like, if you need help, go get help. I think the staggering thing that she said to me that really kind of shocked me into like, yeah, that's true is that 85%, you know? So as the parents, if you do something and you have a child that sees that as, oh, that's an option because dad or mom did it. What have you just taught them is okay? Exactly. Like there's so many things, uh, even we don't always think somebody's watching, right. but our kids are always watching and our family is watching and, you know, our friends, kids are watching, right? Like, don't let them see that that could be an option. Like, go give them options that's positive, right? And and we know this world is not always easy. Nope. And there's a reason that there there's therapists all over. There's a reason that there's... Um, you know, AA, right? Or there's a reason that there's group settings to, to help people. Like, there's so much out there that can help you uh, from that perspective, from just trying to, if, you're, if you have a dead-end job and you're unhappy, like there's so many things out there yeah, that can help I'm sure. you, that you can go change it, exactly. So uh, definitely go get help. You know, nobody's, don't be too proud find the help that you need for your situation uh and again it can be a, a therapist or a group setting or it could be just find the help to get yourself out of the bed and job that you don't, don't necessarily need or want absolutely guys and uh thank you uh for listening to this episode for sure thank you for being part of our community and uh we just thank you for being the best part of the hindsight hackers community <laughs>